All okay. right, I'm on video. <laughs> video, I know, right? If only we released video podcasts, but we probably should. better if we didn't. Um, <laughs> we I think what I think we should. Uh, anyway, go ahead. On your YouTube, we could. Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> okay, Fourth of July. I mean. Look, recently I've come on these podcasts. I've got a million questions for you. So where do you want to start? I mean, 4th of July. I mean, sadly, I feel like every week we get on like another tragedy. I know. Um, But, you know, then there's a there was a big uh, poll about 4th of July pride and, you know, pride to be an American. But there's a lot to talk about. Where do you want to begin? Well, how was your weekend, by the way? Great. Uh, Really nice. Went to some parties for the 4th of July, which was awesome in California. You know, I mean, I'm in Detroit because my husband's from outside Detroit, but- um, Is that we, where you go on vacation now or always, Detroit? We go on vacation, yep. They go up I to see. Northern Michigan every summer. Uh, so we traveled on the 4th of July. Thankfully, we didn't have any airline issues. That's good. Yeah, so that was pretty uneventful. And um, But no, you know, I got to say my first um, 4th of July weekend in L.A., and, uh, you know, I love West Coast living. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, great weekend. Yeah. How about Obviously, you? yesterday was marred with tragic uh, shooting in uh, Highland Park, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago, probably about 20 miles or so outside of Chicago. Um, you know, completely unrelated to, you know, Chicago violence. And there were some on Twitter trying to conflate the two. And obviously that was just idiotic. Yeah. It would be like, you know, something in Bethesda or, you know, a suburb of DC, you know, just unrelated. Uh, You know, tragically uh, it's just another weekend where there's some sort of, you know, mass shooting. And, you know, and 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 the scary thing is, they're, they're, they're just, there's all different, right? So this was at a 4th of July parade. Yeah. The person of interest is in custody. Yeah. Uh, I mean, clearly he did it. Uh, I believe, um, I should say alleged Robert Crimo, Crimo, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, looks to be about 22, you know, typical, you know, hate to say it, the stereotypical, yeah. Young kid who shoots up an event, right? White. Yeah. Some tattoos, looks a little off in pictures. And again, I'm not, I don't know him. Don't, I'm not suggesting I know his mental capacity, but any, obviously if you're shooting up a parade, you have some, some issues, some significant issues, but then there's the 13 people shot in New York city yesterday, two police officers shot in Philadelphia at a parade or a late night firework event running um, on and on and on. And I tweeted yesterday, I said, you know, and unfortunately uh, this falls directly on Republicans, uh, you know, to ignore what's going on in this country compared to others. is just completely ignorant, disingenuous, um, dereliction of responsibility, all three combined. Uh, We are the outlier. Right. And again, I'm not saying that, you know, cats out of the bag with the, the amount of guns that are on the streets, in people's homes, available 
access to them manufactured in this country compared to most civilized countries. So I'm not saying it's easy to kind of reel that in, but it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I know. Uh, And of course, you know, President Biden signed what, two weeks ago, that bipartisan bill, uh, red flag. I mean, I listen, it's a little step forward, very, very little, but it's amazing the immediate deflecting that those who don't want more restrictive common sense gun laws, they immediately deflect. And it's actually embarrassing now to them, right? They, they actually embarrass themselves. They do. And the fact that they're not held to account on pushing forward more, yeah, just, just, just more legislation that may help, you know, the situation. But we've said this before. That's one step. The other step is prosecuting illegal gun uh, crimes and people in possession of illegal guns with, I believe, minimum sentences, mandatory sentence minimums. Uh, Prosecutors have to prosecute. Uh, You know, a lot of times you, you see what's happening in these other cities and then you come to find out the rap sheet on these individuals is, you know, 10, 12, 15 times arrested, all kinds of stuff. Um, and by the way, do we know this kid in Highland, the Highland Park shooting, the alleged, you know, obviously he hasn't been found guilty yet, so alleged. Um, do we know how he obtained that gun? I haven't heard that yet. Okay, okay. Because we know, obviously, the Uvalde, the kid that, that killed so many um, young children at the elementary school, he had obtained his legally. Um, 18 years old could legally buy that you know, yeah, I mean, listen, Illinois has very restrictive gun laws. Okay. Uh, you know, unfortunately for Chicago, a lot of their guns come in from Indiana, you know, according to okay. reports and data. So, again, I don't have the answer. Uh, there is an answer or there's at least things we can do. And by the way, I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe that everything is not absolute. I think there should be similar to, you know, we've talked about being pro-choice, similar to guns. I do think there's nuanced policies that, that can work. Um, I mean, it is, it's like, what is it with these young men? I don't know. You know, what is the answer? And, and you're right. I mean, certainly there's so much more we could be doing for, you know, to make it. But I also say that some, you know, so we talked last week, the Supreme court, (laughs) Uh, overruled New York state. And now because you know, New York state, like I believe six other states were requiring proof um, or, or, or reason for you to be granted a permit to uh, have a concealed carry uh, permit. So obviously Supreme court ruled six, three against New York state. So now, you know, they have to come up with, you know, some other reasons to prohibit you from being uh, able to conceal carry. So New York's governor put forth legislation. Looks like it's going to pass. You're going to have to go through three years of social media checks. You're going to have to go through a 16 week firearm course. You're going to have to, you can't, and you know, the, the Supreme court ruling allows for exceptions like hot concert or, you know, 
public events or whatever. So it looks like the governor listed basically everywhere you could possibly go. Work buildings, government buildings, restaurants, places where they serve alcohol. Sure. But, you know, get 13 people shot in your, like, so I think they, tar- I think the problem with Democrats sometimes is they target the wrong things for political, you know, purposes, right? I would like to see the data on how many people who have been granted concealed carry permits have committed violent crimes with those guns. I am going to guess it is a minute, when I say minute, an extremely minute percentage. Probably 1%. If that. that, I would think even that's extremely high. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of gun permits, probably concealed carry gun permits. Okay. I have one. Okay. That's where your effort's going. How about you focus on, you know, the illegal firearms, the, the, the no bail laws, the, the, the pro the lack of prosecution of individuals that are out there with illegal weapons, right? This theory that somehow, because people can carry, conceal carry, all of a sudden there's going to be an increase in shootings. No. So, you know. I know. It's, it's, and I said this to you right before we started the podcast. Uh, honestly, I don't know now who would go anymore to a public event. I, I'm sorry, but like, you know, now with a child, I'm like, I have no interest in going to a 4th of July, July uh, parade. Um, a Unfortunately, I wouldn't even go to a protest. I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't do it anymore. I, I don't know who. It's scary. Who- so I have a good friend of mine. I told you before we got on the podcast, they live in the town where the shooting was yesterday. They were at the parade with their two kids. And thank God they were south of the shooting by about a block. He, he texted me right after they had just gotten home. You know, they have a 10 year old daughter who was very shaken up emotionally uh, and, and, and rightly so. You just can't make sense of it anymore. I mean, you know, you're talking about just random, the randomness of it now. And uh, it's, it's completely acceptable now. It's acceptable. It's, been, it's, un, it's, it's unfortunate become like the, no one's shocked, right? No, and everybody. I mean, posted twenty years ago or fifteen years ago in the news business, if there was a shooting like this, every news station in the country would be on it all day long. Now the cable news outlets covered. Obviously, the local stations in Chicago covered it. Fox Five covered it here in DC, but we didn't break in. We didn't, you know, we didn't like. It's common. No, it's it's it, scary. It's like we've we've come to accept thirteen people being shot in New York City. Like, or the Philadelphia craziness that's going on, or it's on, it's just something has to be done again. And, and I think it's, it's everything. It's the prosecution side. It's the, 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 the liberal uh, being held accountable or lack of accountability for lower level crimes and violent crimes as you, as you move up drugs, uh, and then mental mental illness issues, access to weapons at a young age. Um, it's just throw it all in a pot. It's just it's just a mess. And that's yeah. all. And, and and 
you know, other crimes and violence are on the rise too, carjackings and all these other things. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty scary right now. Very scary right now. Very, very. And yeah, I, I just, I don't know who would go anymore yeah. to a public. I, I said this to you, I think a few weeks ago, you know, 54 years old. I lived in Washington, DC now a combined well, outside Washington, DC, I should say what 17, 18 years. Uh, I've lived in downtown Philadelphia. I've lived in Manhattan. Um, I, I usually have completely felt immune to violence or safe, whatever you want to call it. You know, you always pay attention, but it never was front and center in my mind. Right. It is now. It absolutely is now. Totally agree. hundred percent. Whenever you see a crowd, I, I don't know about you, but now like walking into a mall, you know, with my son, it's just, it's like, I, I, yeah, you no, I never would have thought about those things. And, um, you know, and I told, you know, in Los Angeles, I mean, you know, we live in a good neighborhood. I mean, our own neighbors, they might be a little bit overly cautious, but, you, and they were older, but the, you know, they're like, oh, we don't go out anymore past 10 or 11 o'clock at night um, in Los Angeles, because you just, you, you can't. And, you know, the problem is, is in LA and this is in other cities across the country, people have no faith in if something happens to you, there is no justice anymore. It, the, the person probably has a long rap sheet. They're out there. I mean, you know, I mean, nobody yeah. has any, any trust anymore in this. It, it is, it's, it is bananas. It's really, really crazy. And it's going to be interesting. You know, of course, in Los Angeles, we have a big mayoral race coming up. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how much crime impacts a lot of these cities and elections and the Democrats, you know, and Republicans come the fall. Yeah, especially, again, depending on the type of crime, right? The, the day in, day out city crime is different than obviously what happened yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and we have to talk about both, right? And you know, each side only wants to talk about the other, right? So, and it points to why why very little gets done. It's it's, it's very sad. Um, okay, what else? What else do you want to cover? You know, after last week's podcast, you you're very vocal about this on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Cassidy Hutchinson, who's like, you know, she's a ride or die Republican. You know. Um, loyal Trumpist for a long time, takes the stand in, of course, these January 6 hearings. Um, so what was your take? I mean, pretty damning testimony. Yeah, I thought she was very credible. Yeah. And again, I, I, you know, a lot of it was hearsay, but so what? <clears throat> a lot of it was um, secondhand, which obviously is hearsay, but in terms of um, the, 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 you know, inner circles of the, the Trump White House post-election and leading up certainly to the January 6th. Um, it's a little bit, so she worked for Ted Cruz. She worked for Scalise. She was working directly for Mark Meadows, uh, Trump's chief of staff leading up to uh, the election, post-election, and then obviously January 6th. And, you know, she paints a very clear picture that they were aware that January 6th could be violent. They were aware at the highest levels of the Trump inner circle and, and Trump himself that he knew he had lost the election, 
yet kept, you know, perpetrating this, you know, election rigged farce. Uh, she painted a picture that Mark Meadows did very little to try and stop the speech on the day and other things uh, that, you know, his Rudy Giuliani was just, you know, fueling the flames. Uh, and, and, you know, there was a lot of other takeaways from her testimony. And obviously, you know, the, 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 the Trump team, Trump himself lashed out at her. They're trying to pick apart all her uh, so-called inconsistencies. You know, she said that she heard from Trump's lead attorney that uh, Trump lashed out at the Secret Service agents that he wanted to drive after his speech to the Capitol to join yeah. the, the, right the, to the, the protesters at the time or rioters at the time. I think it depends on, I don't, you know, whatever the timeline was. Here's what we know, or I know. I shouldn't speak for everybody. Trump, I believe, knew he lost the election. I believe he created this narrative about a rigged election. Uh, I truly believe he didn't want to give up power and was doing all sorts of things to, whether it's the pressure on Georgia, whether it was elect, uh, pressure on a, a, or the so-called second set of electors, they've said, um, and, you know, shame on the leadership around him and in the Republican Party. Some did step up, but shame on the others who didn't. Because, and the only reason they haven't or, 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 or uh, refused to uh, you know, is because they still believe Trump has power, that Trump has a chance crazily to win again and that they want to that their individual power or the other party getting more power is worth putting democracy at risk and it's a shame so uh, you know it's 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 a really you know it's a shame um what did you think of Liz Cheney's comments? You know, Liz basically said, if we, if the Republican Party puts him up and supports him for 2024, like it's the end of the Republican Party. Like we I are- agree. I agree. Well, you know, it's never the end, but I do agree that if Trump somehow, A, runs and a lot of leadership supports him, and if he somehow wins the nomination, I do believe it's pretty much the end of what we know or what was the Republican Party. And God forbid he wins again, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I know this is going to sound like it's going to sound like, you know, preachy or, or whatever. Whether it's whether you agreed with Trump's overarching philosophy, overarching policies, whether it was America first, whether it was, uh, you know, our stage on the international scene, whether it was deregulation, less taxes, whatever. Nothing's worth what happened or what was allowed to happen on that day. 
And, and, you know, the problem is many are kind of saying that it, it is, it was, right? So, you know, I mean, Liz Cheney now is basically out of the, she's going to lose in Wyoming, right? Adam Kissinger is not running again. The two, you know. And this is so depressing. And by the way, Liz what? Cheney is not moderate. Like, like, we're talking about someone who voted with Trump yeah. probably 96% of the time. Plus, I mean, you know, Dick Cheney's daughter. I mean, you don't, I mean, do we remember when Dick Cheney and, and former president George W. Bush were the most evil? I mean, well, like, and again, like, you know oh. what, that, okay, this is going to, it's, Sarah, you just brought up such a good point. Such a good point. The problem sometimes with the Democrats is they keep moving the goalposts. George W. Bush was evil. He was Satan. So was oh. Dick Cheney, right? Now they would love to have him again, oh. right? People it's the same it. thing. It's the, I said this on I said this last week or the, whenever the Roe v. Wade came in two weeks ago, last week, whenever it was. If you truly wanted to protect Roe v. Wade and women's rights to choice, you should have said 20 weeks is enough, except for rape, incest, health of the mom. Right. There's exceptions to everything. Right. But you had high-ranking Democrats out there basically saying, oh, up to birth. It's between a doctor and a woman, up to the baby's born, right? So same thing on guns. We want to take all the guns. Well, that, that, not going to happen. You have to have nuanced approaches to all of this, right? And you yeah. can't keep moving the goalposts. Or you got you have to understand how to, you know, you know, there's a percentage of this population that listen, they're going to always be for Trump. Okay. They are what they are. And then there's a percentage who believe that the money in their pocket, they'll put blinders onto everything else or, you know, it's not an all or nothing. Right. So where I think, I, and I think this is what the committee is trying to do. And I've said this before, take that middle 20%, whatever that number is and move them to realize that, Yes, I'm never voting for Joe Biden. I'm never going to vote for a Kamala Harris. I'm never going to vote for a Gavin Newsom. Never. But I also can't have Trump as the nominee, right? Yeah. That, that's that. That's what they have to convince. Whether it's DeSantis, whether it's Junkin, whether I mean, listen, Christy Noem seems a little bit out there for me, for for my liking. Um, whoever that person is, but unfortunately, you know, there's still, you know, you, you have to hope that, that you can move enough of that 20% where Trump won't win the nomination on the Republican side. And certainly obviously then can't run for president again. So, uh, you know, I know we'll see, but you know, well, and speaking of that, I mean, my personal prediction is I think we get a DeSantis um, Newsom ticket in 2024. I, I think that that's what's already, and I actually think it would be a really fascinating lineup um, because, you know, you see Gavin Newsom running ads now in Florida, in Florida yeah. saying, come back to California. Gavin Newsom yeah. will not beat Ron DeSantis. I'm, I'll say it right now. If that somehow is the matchup, Gavin Newsom will think? not, will not beat Ron DeSantis. Who 
No okay. chance. Well, who do you think could be? I mean, I, I, I think they're lining up. I think they're going to get, I think it will be last minute. You know, they're going to play this out. You know, that's politics, right? They're I, gonna think, I think the Dems should, I think the Dems should convince a Larry Hogan to run on the Dem side to, to win. Oh, they'll never do that. I they know, but that's what, that. but that, but that's what they need. That's what they need. They need a more, and I don't mean competent. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure Joe Biden was very competent in his life. What I mean is they need a more, I don't know, they need someone who can still be left center, push back on the progressive policies when, when they need to, um, but also, also is, is fiscally smart. I argue this is my husband all the time, who is very liberal, very, very, I mean, would vote for Gavin Newsom in a heart, voted for Gavin Newsom as governor of our state would, would continue to vote for Newsom. I tell him all the time, our country is not liberal. They're not, no. they're not, they're not. They're and not, it's, and it's not right wing and it's not right wing either. It's the not. Refuse, the Democrats refuse to believe that we are not they believe that we're a progressive country. They think if they push it down our throats enough that we're going to do it. And it's like, I don't know how to get through the Democratic Party. We are not. I mean, people are very happy about Roe v. Wade being overturned. So I'll give an example of that. So Joe Biden, President Biden came out and in last week and said he is now willing to support getting rid of the filibuster so they could pass and codify Roe v. Wade with 50 senator votes, okay? That's assuming they get two more senators in November because Manchin and Kristen Sienema both came out last week and said they still will not vote to get rid of the filibuster. But in his, in his statement, he mentioned for this exception and voting rights bill. Sure. So, and I'm saying to myself, okay, I get some states have changed laws that could potentially prohibit more access to vote. Having said that, we're just coming off the Georgia test where they passed legislation. We talked about MLB moved the game out and they had the largest turnout by percentage and individuals in the history of the Georgia primary vote. And a combination of mail-in, in-person, everything. So if you're if you're focused on Roe v. Wade right now, then just then focus on that. Don't don't leave it open that you're gonna also get rid of the filibuster to put in a voting rights bill or something. Because you know what people hear when they I people who might be on the fence, once this thing opens, it's gonna be a can of worms. It's gonna be this and then this and then this, and that's it. We're done. And then the Republicans are going to win the House and it's going to be then they're going to do it on all kinds of crazy stuff. So, you know, again, this is where I don't think Joe Biden's helping the party right now. I really don't. You don't. Oh, not at all. Because you know what it is? He's he's what it, yeah, what he, is hasn't, it? he hasn't come across as a strong leader. He hasn't come across as um, well versed on, I think, the pulse of America 
what the issues are or should be. You know, he keeps trying to say the economy is great when, you know, when people are paying $6 for gas, you know, you know, you go to buy a six pack of yogurt and it's twice as much, you know, he, they got killed last week for, or this past weekend for, you know, remember they tweeted out a year ago that a cookout was 16 cents less than it was in 2020 versus 2021 under his leadership. Well, now it's ten dollars and twelve cents more, right? I know, did, he, I know. did they tweet that out? No. Okay. And at the end of the day, feeding your family, being able to go on a little vacation, being able to afford to drive a truck to work or a car, whatever, is worth more than most things you care about in life. I hate to say that, but that's just a fact. And he he's missing the pulse and he's getting zero help from his vice president. And I believe he's getting zero help from Nancy Pelosi. And I think Chuck Schumer is not even in the same league with Mitch McConnell in terms of, you know, rallying the Senate. So, or working the Senate. So I I don't know who, maybe it is Gavin Newsom. Maybe a guy like that comes out of nowhere, rallies the troops they love you know, him. Here's a guy that was recalled in his own state, by the way. So yeah, he, won. he won it back and he's doubled down. I mean, he's double, you know, he, he's going to run for president. I mean, they seem like they love him in Los Angeles. And, you know, he's young, he's good looking. He, I'll tell you, though, it's you know, interesting. So there was a story about Governor Yunkin, Virginia, just who, you know, who won, you know, six months ago. Um, he's going around the nation. He supposedly or allegedly has some very, very large mega donors, they call them, lined up to support him. Oh, I'm sure. So is he an alternative to what people believe, you know, people like to call DeSantis little Trump, right? And, you know, I'm not sure, A, that's correct or fair based on his policies. Uh, But Yunkin, Yunkin's very interesting, you know, watch out for him. Okay, well, that would be very you know, good. You know, listen, people say, oh, he wouldn't have been into it. Obama was only a senator for two years when he ran for president. I know. Yeah, that's true. Right? So if this guy's governor for two years of a, a purple state, a state that was mostly in the blue column last 12 years, he pulled it back to purple. Uh, certainly, I believe not anywhere near as divisive or, you know, far right as you would maybe consider a DeSantis. Although I think a DeSantis can kind of move a little left if he had to, depending on the issue. Um, I don't know. Watch out for Yunkin. Oh God, that'd be fascinating. Fascinating, fascinating. Um, all right. Well, let's talk, let's talk some local things that are going on. Um, Cause there's a lot, you know, DC Baltimore loses the bid to yeah. up. Uh, what'd you think of that, by the way? I mean, that would have been a that, that's kind of a uh, I, listen. I think that was a it's unfortunate. B, I think it was the fact that so you know, so the background, real quick, yeah, Baltimore, tell Baltimore was bidding by itself as a city to hold some world cup to be one of the I believe eight world cup cities in the United States, 
and Washington was bidding separate from Baltimore to do the same. At some point, they got word that FedEx Field wasn't going to make the cut. <clears throat> and I mentioned this on the podcast that, you know, at that point, whether it was Mayor Bowser herself or team or the, you know, DC events, whatever, you know, whoever was, you know, kind of uh, overseeing that bid agreed to combine the bid with Baltimore. So the games would have been at MT Stadium in Baltimore and like Fan Fest and other things would have been here in DC. But I think in the end, I, you know, my sense is that the World Cup committee wanted games in DC and rather than Baltimore, nation's capital, but FedEx Field just wasn't a good enough site from, from mass transportation, the, the, the facility itself, uh, parking uh, too far from the city, downtown. Because if you look at the, the, you know, obviously they went with New York, LA, I believe San Fran, Kansas City, Seattle. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. I know. Yeah, it's a bummer. It would have been really good. Um, you know, just momentum. And they did. They did get the uh, DC. Did get the MLS All Star Game in twenty twenty four, I believe. So okay. that, that that's a positive. I mean, very 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 small consolation. And again, not the same oversight. You know, committee. But um, what about to? Okay, I saw you tweet about this, but I, I didn't read further into it. So, is there something too about in the district? They're masking kids for summer camps. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, true. What? How is that happening? I think it's still happening in your state a little bit too. It probably, you know, it probably is, and KJ is under two, so I don't, I yeah. haven't paid a lot of attention. I mean, I will say, traveling this weekend in Los Angeles in the LA airport. You know, Dan and I looked around. I mean, I would say 60% no mask. I yeah. mean, and you know, they, of course, they make announcements in Los Angeles County, you're still supposed to wear your mask. Nobody puts on a mask. They don't enforce it, of course. So there's no, I mean, why would you put on it's a mask? A joke. The, I mean, it's a joke. It's a it's joke. A joke. The, fact it, that, the fact that any children how are still wearing a mask inside and or outside. How about Canada? You want to talk about a state that's becoming a state, I mean, a country that's becoming... I mean, Trudeau has just lost it. So now you have to have a booster or you're not considered vaccinated. They're still requiring vaccinations for almost everything. They are, um, I, it, it's, it's crazy what's going on up there, right? And then some of these other states, I, I, I love the narrative. When we have the fall surge, we got to be ready. Like they're prepared. Like I'm telling you, there's a real thing called COVIDians. They don't want to let it go. They, you know, like I said this last week. I'm getting scared. When do do we get back to where you don't feel well, you stay home, and then just come back to work? I mean, are we going to be masking kids at the three year mark? At the four? You know it. Looks like it. And some of these, you know, in some of these really. So we didn't mask people for the flu at this point. I say at this point, it's even less than the flu. It is. Okay. The first year. No, I don't know if that's true. I mean, we get crushed. 
What? I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can say it's less than. Okay, it's, the, it's no COVID, more than the flu. Way worse the flu. Way worse than the flu. We know people get. We've lost a million Americans. Okay, I said from this point, I didn't. I, I'm putting the first year. But do you think it really is the flu now? This strand, this current strand, you think? Oh, no, I think it's less. I do. You do. I, I, I honestly don't know anyone who's getting it, who's sick. They get sick for a few days. They have a. They have, they don't feel well. Flu lasts five six days. You're vomiting. You're sick. You got the chills. People die from the flu. They do. The you tell you do. tell me the stats in the last six months. I don't know them, but I'll go. No, I know. I'm just saying that it's worse than the flu. Go ahead. At this point, I'd have to look. I don't know. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's not. It's not. People I mean, don't. People don't want to give up. The. the it, I, honestly, it's PTSD with some of these people. Mass outside, riding a bike, like kids in mass outside at a summer camp. Are you kidding me right now? Are you seriously kidding me? Are, I can't even believe. Are, are parents outraged? Like, are they in DC, in the district? I mean, is there a. By the way, there's data. Masks don't work unless they're fitted on all the time. The medical N95s or KN95s. All these other masks don't work. Well, they they work, but only like twenty percent. No, they don't. Oh, so oh, so so that's so we're gonna keep kids in masks uh, because they may well, work. That's what they. That's By the way, seventy-eight. Per, they, CDC says up to almost eighty percent of children have had it. And by the oh way, I'm telling you, the data on boosters for kids is woefully insufficient for me to vaccinate a child if I had one at seven months old or 10 months old or two years old. Sorry, not sorry. No freaking way am I vaccinating my child at that age, unless they were already like sick or compromised or something. Sure, sure. No way. If they had underlying health conditions, of course you would, you would try anything, you know, you would do anything to. Listen, there's um, very reputable doctors out there saying that you may you may compromise their natural immunity on other diseases. Like you don't know how this is going to impact. So you do a risk assessment, okay? The risk assessment is a healthy child is not going to die or get severely ill from COVID. They're not. So why booster them? I mean, vaccinate them. Why? For what purpose? I mean, I not I mean two years from now when there's a lot more data. Fine. Fine. Yeah, of course. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's how we feel. No, yeah, we will. We won't get him vaccinated for a couple of years because, yeah, I mean, he's had COVID and, right. you know, he's a healthy child. So, you know, he had a fever for a day and a half and, you know, you did Tylenol and ibuprofen. Listen, uh, by no means am I suggesting, you know, a child gets 103, 104, 105 fever, take him to the hospital. Of course. Right? Yes. Right. Yes. But and, uh, yeah. Um, anything you want to end with any other pop culture, any other, um, sports going on? Really? I mean, listen, there's, there's, you know, it's just despite, you know, I'll just, I'll just end with what we started despite the tragedy, you know, it's still, you know, you know, there's a lot to celebrate. There's a lot to be thankful for, but you know, we got to start fixing some things. We really really do we have to start fixing some of these you know if, if, if 
you can't have people believing that there's no solution from our from our leaders. And again, I'm not just blaming the politicians, but I'm I'm talking about um, whether it's community leaders, you know, so, you know, social influencers, obviously politicians, local and national in scope. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's you got to have that like hope. I, I imagine what's going on right now in this country is kind of like how people felt in the sixties, maybe like, you know, with just civil rights and, you know, we lost, of course at that time, you know, so many of our prominent leaders were assassinated. I have to imagine that was a hard time to have a lot of hope, you know? And it's like, I feel like people feel that way now they're fatigued They're you know, it's, it's hard to be for a lot of people to be proud to be an American. It's, it's just, is a really tough time. Actually, it's an interesting point. So I get crazy when people say, oh, I didn't want to celebrate 4th of July because I'm not happy to be American. Screw you. Sorry. Get over it. Like, you know what? There's still there's still so much to be proud about this country. And if you don't like this country and you're giving middle fingers to this country, you know what? Of course, they never leave. They they never leave. The money's too good. The freedom's too good. Got it. Uh, The fact that you could give the middle finger uh, is happy, you know. So, but honestly, if you really want to live somewhere else, go ahead. Like enough of that. That that's just it's just just stupid talk. I mean, and you know, you could work towards solutions or hope you're working towards solutions. Um, hey, look, amazing things happen. We just swore in the first black woman, you know, Supreme Court justice. I mean, that alone is something to celebrate in this country, you know? Yeah. Um, Katanji well, first, first black female. Did you say female? Yeah, sorry, I didn't say female. So thank you for the correction. Black female. I mean, that's that's something to celebrate that's so huge, you know? But at um, the same time, you know, those on the left who don't like Clarence Thomas are calling him a black white supremacist. You literally had a social media per- personality who has millions of followers calling him a black white supremacist. Like, what is that? Like, like that has to stop. Okay, you don't like his rulings. Fine. You know, work to vote, work to get Democrats elected in those states. And like, I, but that's just, that's just somebody who has nothing better, who has no solutions and just spouts off idiotic comments um, for, for, for really, that, that honestly do more harm than good. Do more harm than good, right? Yeah. So, um, Anyway. All right. Uh, Look, we had a lot to cover on this. Enjoy Detroit. I will. We'll see you next week. Where where can people follow you on Twitter? Patrick GM Fox 5 DC. All right. We'll see you then, Patrick. All right, Sarah.